Hello, everyone, and welcome to Grognard's Yell at Cloud, the hobby show about aggressive positivity. I'm Lich King Destro, and with me is Jeremy the Ghost Bear, and today we also have a very special guest, because also with us is... I'm Fiverr, or Sugar Candy Miniatures. Hi! That's right, we've got the world-famous Fiverr with us here today. World-famous. Not uh, world-famous, not famous, just regular. (laughs) We're going to talk about how painting how you want, and gatekeeping... And Fiverr's going to help us with that. You're gatekeeping the fact that you think I'm famous. You are. You are. That's right. But before we get into that, uh, we're going to we're gonna talk about some hobby desk stuff. What are we What are we all working on? Uh, Jeremy, you can go first. I'm sure your answer will surprise everyone. Right. Are we operating under the fiction that I didn't forget to record the first time and that we're doing this again? We are. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we're professionals here. I, I have not heard... What you have done this week, Jeremy. I am so excited. Right. Tell me what you did this right, week. Right, to, to learn? Yes. And everyone needs to ignore the previous 30 seconds of conversation. Remove it from mm-hmm. your mind. And then I will mm-hmm. say that I have been working on Marvel Crisis Protocol, which is what I always work on. OMG, wow. So shocked. It post. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I finished the new Asgardians, Heimdall with his Rainbow Bridge, who I was really happy with. Um... And uh, as I was complaining the first recording, um, it took two hours to do that rainbow because fluorescent paints have uh, make yellow look like it covers really, really well. Um, So it took a while, Um, but it was it ended up looking super good. So I guess it was worth it. Uh, Now I'm working on Gambit. Get all those 90s X-Men painted up. Yeah. I don't know the tune. That song is etched into my mind. I had said that I I do really like the pose of of the Gambit, and you were talking about how um, some people have done cool little things with the cards, painted them like magic cards or whatever, but you're going to do aces because you're a cheater. That's right, because I'm a (laughs) cheater. I'll do the backs of playing cards, so I just have to make them like red or blue, right? With like a white border. (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah, no, that's 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 even worse. It'll be amazing. Do one number five. You should you should do one. That's a number five because five's like a really cool number. That's right. No no particular reason for liking. No that particular number, reason. But... Yeah, not at all. Also right. though, like the rainbow turned out really sick on Heimdall. So even though it took you fifteen layers for each color and two hours, it looks really sick. You should see it when I put a black light on it because it it glows. Which is fun. Disco. The pro tip: If you want to make the cards really easy, uh, get a micron pen. Because yeah, you know, I might like... do something like that. <laughs> um, I wonder, does that stuff? Doesn't that stuff like change color over time? Or the micron pens are archival ink and specifically do not. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. Because I know like some people have recommended like some pens and and like they like the black ones end up sort of looking brown. After. Yeah, if you get if you get like regular. Uh, pens with with black ink, it will eventually fade over okay. over a long period of time. But the archival ink micron pens are supposed to not do that. And I imagine I do varnish everything, so I imagine that will help. Probably help. Um, I, I don't know the the chemical process behind the the ink changing I'm, color. I'm a little disappointed that you don't. I just know that the things that. I have done with micron pens have not yet changed color. So I once watched someone repaint uh, an X-wing ship with a sharpie. Uh, it, did, it it did sort of work, and then like eight months later, um, that black ship was sort of a brownie color. Um, yeah, but not, sharpies but not evenly. <laughs> or definitely, you know, they they would change color, but uh, I don't remember exactly how long. It was probably a couple years now. 
that I painted Araman, and I used a micron pen to do some lines on his cloak, and those are still black. So you're you're good for at least a few years. Well, and I store my stuff in like carrying cases that don't let light on them anyway. So I mean, I'm probably buying myself way more more years with that. Oh yeah, yeah, no, you're good. What about you, <clears throat> Destro? What have well, you been working on? As I definitely didn't explain before uh, recording shenanigans happened, I've been working on a conversion for my Skaven. I'm building a warp lightning cannon, but I'm building it out of an Onager Dunecrawler from the Adeptus Mechanicus line, because that's that's how I roll. I just put rats on things. Yeah, yeah, I mean, as you do. Yeah, you know. Why wouldn't you? Take a model, cover it with rats. It's just it's just the natural order of things, is, is for everything to have rats on it. I am terrified. But, uh, yes, the reason that I'm doing this is I have three warp lightning cannons, and two of them are the plastic kit, and one of them is the old pewter cannon, which is sort of squat and strange and looks weird next to the the normal one. Well, I imagine part of that is the detail on the plastic is better, but also, like, they've slowly had the scale creep. Over, yeah, over it's, time. it's way more detailed. It's also a bigger model. Right. So the the metal one is kind of small next to it. And I figured, well, if I'm going to have two that are more or less the same, and one that's different, that'll look strange. But if I have three that are all different, that'll look eclectic and weird and skaven and it's fine. Right. No, yeah, that makes sense. So I uh, I bought a... I bought a dune crawler model and stapled a bunch of warp lightning cannon bits to it, and uh, uh, the fun part of it is I actually salvaged enough of the original kit, because it's a dual kit, that I can build a plague claw catapult as well, and uh, have two models for the price of two models, instead of just one model for the price of two models. So you've, you've sort of <laughs> turned them all into fantasy models? Or just the one? Um, well, I mean, the one was already a fantasy model, uh, but the the Dune Crawler is a 40k model, and I have uh, I have scavened it up, and it's going to be a fantasy model. It's uh, it's just going to be representing a warp lightning cannon. It comes on a much bigger base than the cannon does. It's like a a 150 round or something, and the the cannons are on a 120 oval. Okay. So actually, getting it to to fit on the base was uh, a bit of a trick. I had to orient the legs strangely and The Dune Crawler is that other walker thing just on four legs. It's yeah, it's sentinel. on it's on four legs. It's the sort of like it's a box on four legs. It's it looks a little crab. bit like a spider yeah, or a droid or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's that the thing. crab. You got the chicken walker for the Adeptus Mechanicus and then you got the crab and this one's the crab. Yeah, this this one is the crab. This is the crab walker and uh now it's it, the actually, rat walker. it actually works pretty well uh for Skaven like without too much being changed on it. You you just kind of have to you know, add a bunch of extra Skaven bits and things, and it's right. it's good. Well, I mean, you've got, like, I mean, a lot of the Adeptus Mechanicus stuff is all weird and Da Vinci-looking anyway, so, I mean, that does that would make sense with rats, too. Yeah, this one is a little bit less weird and Da Vinci than some of the other stuff, because I think it's an earlier model in the line, and they hadn't quite figured out what they wanted to do with it yet, but, uh, yeah, it, it looks good. I think it looks really cool. I'm gonna paint it up for a video at some point for now, probably just probably just do a video on uh, on the construction but yes fiverr fiverr you're yeah, here you're our guest 
Um, I was gonna say, I was under the incorrect uh, impression that you were doing space rats, so me chanting space rats, space rats is, uh, not, it's not usable anymore. That isn't, that isn't accurate. <laughs> I'm sad about that. I do like that you put a little rat well, in the turret, the, the, though. the cool thing about it is that it would technically work for that, too, so if I wanted to do an Adeptus Mechanicus army entirely with rats, I could probably just proxy them, and it would be fine. There's, like, a whole, cool. like, community of people that convert things into Skaven things. Um, That's because they're correct. Right. <laughs> like, I've seen, like, uh, well, you know, like, Vince Venturella, he's doing his, um, he's converting all his storm casts into rat casts, um... So like, they all have got like rat heads and instead of the the helmets and stuff. And then I've seen people do like rat ratachans. Um, <laughs> that's that's good. I yeah, appreciate that. I think yeah, you're yeah, I incorrectly. Appreciate the pun. You're not telling them what the people are actually doing because that is clearly doing the Lord's work, Jeremy. That is the <laughs> Lord's work. One hundred percent doing the great horned rats work. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, I I am for it. Well. And you could, there's actually, if you play one-page rules, there's actually rules for space rats. So, oh, space, nice. rats, yeah. space rats, space, space rats, rats, space rats. And technically rats. speaking, the Skaven are on a planet, and that is in space. So, space rats. Space rats. In, insofar as anything in the mortal realms is, in fact, on a planet. We, That's we true, we don't really know that, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're, they're just endless, they're flat, see, take that science take that physics right this fictional universe the planet is not round it's it's Ooh, just a weird disc yeah. on the back of four elephants on the back of a giant turtle all right terry pratchett calm down Te- calm down <laughs> disc world i caught that reference oh, all right so um what what have you been working on fiverr we haven't we haven't talked about what you're you're working on yet Gosh, what haven't I been working on? I have this inability to just do a project at a normal, reasonable person, like, quantity of project to do. So instead, I'm working on, like, five large projects all at once, which is, you know, efficiency. Sure. Uh, the main thing I'm working on is I bought um, a, a huge lot of Tau from a Billion Dollar Clown Farm. And I've been fixing those up. So I've been painting the infantry units. I've got some uh, Pathfinders and some Fire Warriors that I'm painting um, to look like they're... uh, The color scheme is Key Lime Pie. So they're the Key Lime Sept of Tau. But (laughs) I'm spelling it weird because, like, fantasy. Sure, you're adding, like... Yeah, it's Tau. All you need to do is add a bunch of superfluous apostrophes. Or add an umlaut. Umlaut, I don't think whatever. I don't you think Tau have umlauts, but I'm spelling it like K. Yours could. They could. They could be German. Um, That's right. Yeah. Uh, but I'm working on that, and then I also have some uh, corn demons that I bought um, that I wasn't gonna buy, but I did. Uh, right. That I'm testing out a bunch of different color schemes on because uh, I keep seeing people just paint their corn demons red, and like that's cool. I mean, that's that's fine. They look good that way. But I I scrolled Instagram for a good five minutes, and all I saw was, like, red corn demons. So I'm like, I gotta... I, I maintain that you should paint them yellow-brown and call them the cornflakes. I think Casey from 
eBay miniature rescues. Didn't he do his blue? Uh, I think he did blue accents, but they were still red. Okay, like oh, that's right. The tongues and stuff were blue. That's right. Yeah, a lot yeah, of people have done swords. like red with something else, or sure. or something like that. And I'm just like, you know, there are there are other colors that you can paint corn demons. So I'm working on a video that's going to be like eight color schemes for corn demons that aren't red. Skittle corn demons. Yeah, there you go. That that's cool. That's a cool yeah. idea. I think I have a box of those guys around here somewhere, unassembled in gray plastic for the last fifteen years. Sure, why not? Why not? Best way to keep models. I'll get to them eventually. I think yellow would be really cool for demons. You could. I got yellow could do like an un- red from the underneath and yellow over the top, so that they're mostly yellow and they sort of kind of turn orangey. That'd be fun. That would require me to use an airbrush, Jeremy, and I'm not ready for that yet. Yeah, well, or spray cans, if, you know, red, yellow, <laughs> call it good. I have, I, it's not like I'm at a lack of ideas. I, I have, uh, right. I've already started doing the base coating for them. And like, they're going to be eight different corn color schemes, sure. But it's going to be like, nobody will actually paint them this way because half of them are inspired by Neopets paintbrushes. So I'm just doing this because I want to. Not necessarily because I think this is useful information for other people to have. Can I ju- can I just say that eight is a very appropriate number of corn demons to do? I chose that intentionally because earlier last night I googled what is corn's favorite number and it's eight. I don't know why it's eight, but that's they that's all have why I chose it. Favorite numbers? They yeah. sure do. They they do all yeah they do all have favorite numbers. Zinch's is nine. Uh, I believe Slanesh is six, and that leaves seven for Nurgle. So. Nurgle, Nurgle does three and seven. He picked two. Oh, okay, he yeah. It, it used to be that if you took a unit with like that number of models in it, you'd get some bonus or other. But I don't think they do that anymore. Gee, Nurgle, yeah, they do your mom and... lets you have two favorite numbers, right? Oh. Madness. Well, you know, they're all about like you know. God, they're not really about excess, are they? No. <laughs> you think Slanesh they're would have like gross. all the numbers? No. You know, maybe. Is three three is gross officially? I've decided. I'm, I'm pretty. I'm pretty three. sure. I'm pretty sure Slanesh just picks six because it sounds like sex. Right. That's that absolutely is a hundred percent. Slanesh initially said sixty nine, and then they were like, no, and then they. Uh, you only get one every, Slanesh, nine is Zinches. Every, everyone, they said, they, everyone, someone said that and everyone went, nice. And then they're like, maybe yeah. we don't do that. <laughs> 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 and, oh, hey, I think we should talk about the dumb paint name of the episode now. Oh, um, we yes! absolutely should. I um, have this. I'm, I'm excited I'm so because ready. I don't know what the dumb paint name of the yep, day Fiverr is Yeah, Fiverr chose today. it. And it's I chose be a surprise it. To us. I was so excited to play dumb paint name of the day, the untitled game. Um, but I have it, and I'm pretty sure neither of you actually know what this paint is, or oh. so there's a good uh. chance you won't be able to guess the color because I chose. All right, all right, let's hear it. It's a turbo dork paint, so it's like a lesser mm-hmm. known company as well. Um, but the name of the paint is Hot Commodity. Oh fuck. Okay. No. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm not familiar with Turbo Dork's paint line. 
Uh, <laughs> I, I'm gonna go with it, like that's that's some sort of like cherry red kind of you know bright red color, just uh, purely based on on the word hot and me associating red with it's with, hot with that. Like maybe just a really um, like. Um, saturated color, so like you know, like you said, like in red or an orange or maybe a yellow or even a green, a bright green. Because com- I don't know, commodity money. I don't know. I'm I'm re- I'm stabbing in the dark because this paint name is stupid. You um, can't stab. You have to pick a color. You can't pick four colors. We just went over. How okay, okay. Couldn't pick two I'm numbers. sticking with orange. I'm going with orange. Sticking with orange. That that yeah. was that was a very smart decision. Um, it's like a metallic-y goldish orange. Like, they do super-saturated metallics, so it's it's a shimmery gold-orange kind of color. That's what Hot Commodity And they is. do, like, a lot of metallics, right? Oh, they yeah. Have a, like, they have a bunch, and a bunch of, like, color-shifting-type paints. And... They have such great names, though. Do they do any, like, normal colors that aren't metallics? No. As far as I'm aware, they only do, like, either the color shift or the super-saturated metallics. One of my favorite paints by okay. them is a uh, spicy meatball and it's like a metallic <laughs> we're gonna have to plumb okay. the depths of turbo dork names when we run apparently out of, so because, when we run out wow, of uh, dumb citadel names <laughs> yeah i was looking at my desk to try and find one and i was like all of my citadels are like something something green something something purple right. and i'm like well that's not as much fun so yeah i i figured they, they've gotten better about that <laughs> did we do null null oil in the past, uh, I think we mentioned non okay. oil pretty yeah. early on, but like we we didn't really because uh... Uh, you know that that's a city that doesn't exist anymore in the fantasy universe. So yeah, it's, at some point I'm gonna go through the episodes and I'm gonna like write add them down the, the the dumb paint name of the day. Nice to like a little list or something somewhere so we know which ones we've done already because I've I've got one for next time, but uh, this oh. this time we wanted to give Fiverr a chance to shine so. Hot commodity, I like it by Turbo That's a good Dork, one. which yeah. is which is truly a stellar paint name that tells you nothing about the color it is. Absolutely. You know, and you know, I, though I'm willing to give Turbo Dork a pass because a little bit uh, they get like a partial pass uh, because I get what they're they're going for, right? Like they mm-hmm. they they I think they're really trying to stand out in in a in an arena of how many paint lines are actually available to. Like just like miniature gamers is probably what ten at least. G- given that they are only doing metallics, I'm going to give them the same level of pass I give to the people who uh, manufacture car paint. <laughs> they're also like, um, there's they're a really small company. There's only like, yeah, I don't know, like two to six people running this thing, so it's not big. But they make good. No, paint. I think they recently. I think they recently went from two where it was like I think it was a husband and wife or something, and. And they hired one other person uh, recently, so they're up to three or something like that. I, rem- I I saw an interview with them, I think, at one of the shows, and they were talking about it. So, but uh, yeah, okay, I'll I'll give them a pass. Um, but uh, well, no, not really. I'm judging you, Turbo Dark. <laughs> we're we're judging you and your paint names. Hot commodity. Hot dumbness is. I got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I said it sounded like the name hot of hot garbage, more like. I said to my friend once that hot commodity sounded like the name of a gun in the Borderlands franchise, and I was like, "Yeah, it, it absolutely does. sounds like a Borderlands gun." Yeah, no, that that definitely. Sounds and it shoots like a... money. 
Yeah, oh, it's yeah. like on like, my like period Borderlands, garden, for sure. Borderlands or Saints Row or something like that. Right. So one of one of those games that's trying to be funny with its gun names. I mean, yeah, I'm. I you know what? I've decided it's now a Borderlands paint, regardless of what color it is. That's fair. You can paint those those uh, worshippers of the vault guys with it. Children of the vault, yeah. That's them, yeah. That's them. um. Okay, so do we want to move on to the what the main the main uh, burrito? The, the the main event, as it were. Yeah, we. Uh... We got a good one today. It's it's kind of a kind of a big one, kind of an expansive one. Uh, but we're gonna try and and dial it down a little bit. Um, one of the things that I wanted to talk about with with this topic is how painting how you want allows you to take a little bit more ownership of your models and kind of have a, a your dudes thing going on. Right. You know, if you're uh, if you're painting like the box art, and I'm going to use Space Marines as an example because I paint Space Marines sometimes, uh, but if you're painting like the box art, there's a pretty good chance you're going to be painting Ultramarines. Sure. And Ultramarines are an established chapter of guys, and they got all of their huge, you know, background lore and events and things that some nerd is going to be like, you must conform to the lore and be accurate and you cannot paint Tyrannic War veterans in this color scheme because they came around in Millennium whatever and that oh. they were using that color scheme then. Used the wrong helmet on that mark of armor. I, I gotta tell you, rivet counting in, in the F- Warhammer world is just as bad as rivet counting in the historical gaming world. It is... It is just as bad, from what I can see. It's clearly a Mark II helmet, and you've placed it on Mark III armor. Unacceptable. Uh, excuse me, they didn't use that color of olive drab until the summer of 1943 in the, the <laughs> North Africa region. Uh, what? Shut up. Um, <laughs> I, I'm not joking. I posted a truck on Facebook years ago, and I used, like... Uh, I used a paint and I weathered it, so it sort of changed the color a little bit. And this guy was so adamant that I had done it wrong that he put it into Photoshop, sampled the color, and told me how wrong I was. Uh, (laughs) It was pretty good. Yeah, you know, so, so like, you know, uh, to bring it back to Ultramarines, you know, like, I I can totally see, like, someone going, I'm sorry, uh, that's not exactly the color of Ultramarine Blue. Uh, that the Primaris version of the Ultramarines use—that's more. Yeah, like they, the they changed. They changed the paint in M41 when Cull invented the Primaris armor. <laughs> was it? Was it Cull I, who did Primaris? I feel like maybe. Yes, I'm Cull. Yeah, yeah, sure it was Cull. Belisarius guy, Cull. right? He's the, yeah. he's the Mechanicus guy. Yeah, he's the big, the big yep. Mechanicus guy. Yeah. I like him. He's a really fun character. Um. He's who I wish I could be if I had to live in that universe. Just be crazy, but smart enough so nobody tries to question you. But anyway, you're you're but, talking about like painting, like you know. And I think something interesting, like, is to talk about what people mean when they say painting, but like the box art, because I don't think it necessarily means you're literally replicating the colors on the box. I think a lot of times what they're saying is that you're painting something so that it exists naturally in that universe. Um, like, it, it looks like a version of something that does exist. Like, if we're going to stick with 40K, you know, well, you could paint them as Imperial Fists or, or 
Dark Angels, and I don't think anyone would say you had deviated very far from from sort of an established pattern, right? Well, no, they 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 would be uh, an established pattern in you know one of the the codexes or something like that, but they would, I think, have deviated from the box art. I I, I have always taken that as a more literal interpretation of like you are painting what is on the front of the box. So I think coming from an art background, because I like have an art degree, it's basically like working off of a established model sheet or a key art if you were working for an animation or television production where you want the character to look the same every time. Essentially, it doesn't matter what particular shade of red you're using for that model, whether you are using the one that's on the back of the box as the guide of what color you have to use, or if you're like, oh, this red is basically the same. But you're painting your your world eaters the same color every single time um, because you want them to look like the world eaters in the universe of 40K or uh, Horus Heresy in whatever era, and you want yours to look like they could have existed. So you're basically just working from a uh, a model sheet. um, Just that happens to be... That's what I think everybody's talking about. You're Googling world eaters and you're looking at the 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 colors or whatever and you're going okay i want them to be red which is a dark with they're like a dark red right like um the the world eaters are uh, sort of a a blood red and like gold okay yeah see i mean and i don't think you know there's like a box that's specifically world eaters there might be someone will certainly correct me if i'm wrong it's the corn berserkers Right, it's the so the they have like the horns and stuff. Um, yeah, eventually yeah, those guys are are generally taken to be world eaters. Yeah, but like you could paint those guys as um, sons of Horus or or whatever, and I think that's what me, when people mean like Fiverr, I, I think hit it on the 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 head there. It's basically you're working with it because I've heard this this uh, talk in the Marvel Crisis Protocol world, right? You know because. You know, like, say, if you're painting Wolverine, you know, you could certainly paint him in whatever colors you like, um, but he has had several costumes uh, that you could replicate if you so choose. Yeah, and, and, you know, he's got his, like, little set of established costumes, and if you don't paint one of those, people are going to be like, well, that's not Wolverine, he doesn't look like that. But you're like, well, yeah, but they change his costume, like, Every so often anyway, so, you know, what difference does it make? Yeah, like, there's the the movie where everyone's costumes were black. <laughs> Would you prefer yellow spandex? Um, I, I, well, and as far as, I tend to paint them in the costume that I most identify them with in my head, um, if that makes any sense. It's not necessarily what's on the box. Uh, or even on the character cards that come in the box, I tend to paint them as the comic book version that I most strongly associate them with. Uh, yeah, which is which is actually a, um, an interesting point to to talk about. There is that you are painting established characters. Yes, you know you're you're painting Gambit and Wolverine and these people that have backgrounds, and it's kind of like painting, you know, an Ultramarine. Not exactly the same, but. It, you know, you're you're situating those guys within the universe in which you associate with them. Right. Whereas uh, what we're, we're talking about with taking ownership and painting your dudes is that Warhammer, specifically, uh, likes to give you a lot of freedom to kind of come up with your, 
your own sort of little group of guys. And we talked a little bit about this last time with yeah. uh, with the Age of Sigmar refresh, giving you more room to to situate your dudes within that universe. Because you know, previously, if you were going to paint an empire army, well, you could look at the uh, the official scheme of Reichland or whatever and paint your guys white and red. But and then that would be a Reichland army, right? Well, and it I seems just want to like, say uh, before before we venture into anything else, I just want to say there is nothing wrong with painting your models like from a model sheet or because you like the lore or anything like that. Right. People do it for. Um, for Golden Demon and stuff like that, and I got to see some of those models at Adepticon, and they're really cool and inspiring, and everybody's like, who's really into the lore is picking out what battles things are from, and they can tell that. So if there's nothing inherently more or less creative if you decide to paint from a key art, or if you're coming up with an original color scheme. And I feel like that right. needs to be said. Because a lot of people will be like, oh, well, mine are better because I came up with all of this lore and backstory for them myself. Right. Or someone will say, mine are better because, you know, if you put them in the, like, the movie setting, so to speak, of whatever uh, Marvel Crisis Protocol or or Warhammer 40k setting that they they would fit in. Neither of those is better. Art is not about being better. None is more creative. They're both legitimate, cool ways right. to paint. Because people will, when they say, oh, you're just going to paint it like the box art, usually when they throw the word just in there, they're, they're, there's a pretty strong, yeah. <laughs> pretty strong implication that you're somehow doing less work. Um, and, yeah, uh, and, and we're, we're definitely not, not talking, I, I at least am not talking about painting like the box art or not painting like the box art being better one way or the other. What I'm what I'm talking right. about is if I choose to paint my dudes the way that like uh I have come up with. And I'm kind of a I'm a writer type person. I like to, you know, write my own stories and and come up with things for my guys. And so I don't think that painting you know, like the box art or not like the box art in my case is better. I think that painting my miniatures the way that I want them to look makes them mine. Right, regardless of, of mm-hmm. whether or not you're painting them strictly as ultramarines or you're making your own cool chapter of space marine dudes, bros, with guns. Um, which, which I did do. <laughs> well, and Yeah, did, the bonbon bon marines! Ex- I don't remember what yeah. you called them, but their symbol is a bonbon bon and it's so cute. <laughs> Not intentionally, but yes, it it does look like that, and I can never unsee it. Why right. should you? Did Games Workshop, like, many moons ago, like, they sort of explicitly encouraged kind of making up your own stuff, right? I don't think they discourage anyone now, but they sort of don't talk about it uh, anymore. Yeah, they definitely don't talk about it as much. Um, you know, maybe if you do, like, a really cool converted army, they'll be like, oh yeah, look at this guy's, like... Adeptus Mechanicus or whatever. This is really neat. It's based on the artwork of John Blanche, and and, and we like that because they sure right. do well, love but... their John Blanche. They talk about him like he's the only artist who ever did anything for 40k, and like yeah, his art is cool and dope and interesting. But there are so many other people who are making cool concept art for 40k, and it's so sad that they don't tell you who the artists are anymore. Because like it's who's gross to that say? they don't do that. Who's to say that John Blanche's art is more inspiring than, like, Louise Sugden's Blood Bowl art? Both of them are just cool. Oh, man. I love, I love the Blood Bowl uh, art style the, on all the new stuff, right? 
Um, it's so good. The, the, the books are so great. I actually really like some of the art that they've done for the uh, the 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 RPG lines, like Fantasy Flight. Oh yeah, yeah. Hey. The Wifurb. With, with yeah the 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 rogue trader and the dark heresy and all of those all of those game lines they have a lot of like really cool original character art and things that were were done you know there's the the usual set of John Blanche illustrations in those as well of course but they also have a lot of new stuff that they made for I, those lines and I actually really like the style I think in those they, books they though they actually in. credit the artists because those aren't directly made by Games Workshop I think yeah, they, I'm pretty I, sure they, they do credit the artists because those, those are like those are artists that work for the companies that or are, are contracted with the companies that make the RPG um, mm. which is not Games Workshop so they actually credit their artists you know that's a neat idea that maybe Games cool... Workshop should think about it yeah, That's like if I if I pull down my my Rogue Trader book here and I I look at the credits, uh, we have cover art Andrea Uderzo. I hope I pronounced that correctly. You absolutely did not, but we'll move on. <laughs> and so you know, then you flip through the book, and usually the way this works is there's a little signature like somewhere on the art piece, or there's so a little caption. Tell footnote caption thing on the bottom that says, you know, buy so-and-so. Anyway, that's neither here nor there, right? We're, we're, we're talking about painting box art. But yes, Blanche. Yeah. <laughs> super cool. And I think I think what's interesting is talk about there are some advantages to trying to replicate something that exists. Um, I think it teaches you different things when you're painting um, because you're trying to replicate an effect that you see and and I think you learn how to do that effect uh, better than if you're sort of making your own thing. And I feel like when you're making your own thing, many of the times you're sort of default to what you already know how to do, which I know I certainly do. If I, you know, I'm I'm doing something I've already done before. Um, but when you try to replicate something that you've seen someone else do, you're forced to sort of step outside of what you normally do, right? And 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 approach it in a way that makes it look like the box art like you know games workshop has a very distinctive style they it's super edge highlighty it's um not particularly varied in tone across the model it's really meant to i think mostly it's meant to show off all the the bits of the sculpt when they have them Mm. painted and it's cool and i like it it i mean most of the time i like it but i think when you when you're if you're trying to replicate say that that super duper precise edge highlighting you're going if you learn how to do that that's a skill that you might not have thought to try otherwise yeah actually um i want to say that i think i think fiverr might have some cool stuff to say about trying to paint like somebody else uh fiverr do you want to talk about clowns for a second (laughs) what clowns me i don't know what you're talking about uh, so actually I do. Um, I recently put together this kind of weird collaboration idea with a bunch of other YouTubers, um, where I asked them to paint Gloomspite Gits models as clowns for Pride Month, um, because I wanted to focus on how uh, people from diverse viewpoints can come together and create a cohesive army even if the only thing that they're given as a unifying factor is the theme of clowns. It's a prompt. Yeah. It's a, yeah. Like, you know, whoever you are, everybody has a concept of clown. 
Um, and I want to, I just wanted to see if it would work, essentially. If I could just tell everybody, paint it like clowns, and people would ask me, what colors are we using? And I said, any, just paint it like clowns. Um, which some people were like, okay, several question marks, sure. And, you know, I didn't know if it would work, to be honest with you. They were all painted by different artists, and then I got them all sent back into me and put the same basing on all of them. And I'll be darned if they don't look like a cohesive army. A weird one, sure, but a cohesive one. But basing them the same, I mean, it, like I think you you pointed out something that really helps unify a group of models is is putting them in the same environment. Uh, th- that makes them makes you go, oh yeah, these guys belong together, regardless of them there being twelve different people that painted the units. It you're like, oh yeah, these guys are clearly in the same spot, and and so they're all buddies. They're happy clown pals. They are clown pals. <laughs> they, like, we got the full range of clowns from, uh, like, McDonald's Hamburglar to, uh, legitimately forgot the prompt was clowns, but still painted something kind of clown-like anyway. The full spectrum of clowns that could be had was had on this collaboration. Yeah, that's super fun. Well, and I think, you know, when... You, you do that and 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 you can look at that army and go that's my army even though multiple people painted it with multiple different perspectives um they all kind of came up with something that works together and i think that's kind of part of the point that we're making right is that uh, it doesn't really matter um you know as long as you're you're trying to make something cohesive it will be cohesive yeah even if you paint them in a million different colors, if you paint all those corn demons different colors, but you kind of unify them in some way, no one's going to go, well, I don't, I don't get it. I don't show me the motivation of your army. It's oeuvre, if you will. Yeah. And, and that, that army of clowns is, is very much, you know, Fiverr's army, even though like a bunch of us contributed to it. It's, it's kind of our army too. You know, that's the point, but, uh, right. Yeah. It's Fiverr's army of of clown goblins. That they were the one who came up with the prompt for this. They were the one who did all the basing and made this this cool cohesive force of of goblin clowns, which is something that that nobody else would really be doing in that space. And that's cool, you know. I hope that there is someone else out there, completely separate, painting clown goblins, and they see this one day and they're just like, finally, God damn it! Who gets <laughs> it. No, not God. <laughs> Damn it! Like anytime, cause I like the channel name is Sugar Candy Miniatures. So anytime I see anyone else who's done like a food theme paint job, I'm not like, God damn it! I'm like, finally, someone who gets it. Someone out there is correct. We understand <laughs> each other. Exactly. Exactly. I just think it would be funnier if you have some guy who's been like quietly laboring on his clown goblin army, ready to show it to the world. <laughs> and then and then you just hear like the the hello darkness my old friend <laughs> yeah, this, this, this comes out like five minutes before this guy was set to finally post to instagram or right his, he like this is his instagram's about to blow up right and and then no <laughs> <laughs> that's so good i i i appreciate that fictional person's pain all right uh 
But, well, and there and, and and I said you know there are advantages to replicating something, but yeah, you, there are advantages to making your own thing too, because especially when you you're going to step outside the box and you might inspire others to do something similar to what you're doing, and in turn that their interpretation interpretation is going to be slightly different, and you're going to constantly sort of having this iter- iterative effect, you know. On and oh, I think absolutely. that's true when you when you're replicating things too because if you gave and I think Destro and I have talked about this before if you gave each of us the same tools and the same paints and the same model and ass- assuming you know we've been painting for roughly the same amount of time those models are still going to look different but the they're both going to be interesting and have different pluses and minuses right. And I think that that's true when you're making your own scheme or when you're replicating something else. Because if I try to replicate, you know, the box art of the the Ultramarines, mine are not going to look like uh, that box. Not exactly, right? You're, you, and so, because I'm not the same person that painted that. And it, yeah, I, yours will probably, you know, identifiably be Ultramarines, like blue with, with gold trim and right. maybe some little Roman crests or something. It's like, oh yeah, those are definitely Ultramarines. But they're your Ultramarines. Because my highlights tend to be sketchier, you know, than, say, the precision that, um, that say, all the, uh, you know, uh, Games Workshop painters use. So mine would look probably a little rougher, you know, because I don't know how, guys, I do not know how they do those lines. Like just oh man, hey! You want to see some rough freaking highlights? Go look at the official Games Workshop store art for Gutter Runners in the yeah, because they're like four hundred years old. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because those models they're were standard painted prison. <laughs> like thirty years ago. We can't do this. You'll start talking about the lack of new rats. We can't go down that hole. We can't go You're, there. Yeah, where's that, my rats? Games you mean Workshop. That rat hole. <laughs> That Where's my rats? I have a 300-page manifesto about why you should give me more rats, Games Workshop. You, you should not have manifestos in general. I think that just... That's a, that's a red flag. That's uh, a red flag. Huh? Red? Huh? Anyway. Um, well, and I, and, and I think that painting like the box art is often a, can, can be a trap. Um, uh, at least like emotionally right because when you paint something and you're new and it doesn't look like the thing you were trying to make it look at that trap is you could fall into discouragement right um you're like oh man my ultramarines like have eyes the size of like dinner plates and you know and 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 i didn't do the right gold and you know and i think i think our point is that it doesn't matter because be strong for the emperor clarence <laughs> everyone knows what model you're talking about too <laughs> they do. they really i want to meet the person i would like to meet the person who painted that model and i would like it to end up being like you know like it's richard gray you know or something <laughs> yeah i, yeah, I want to see, see the stuff that they're painting like now <laughs> but that's the thing like, the box art is supposed to make you want to buy the model, go, oh, that looks cool, I'm right. going to paint that. And then some of us who don't realize that the models do not come uh, assembled will then be like, oh, crap, I have to put this together. That's that's the Warhammer experience for me. 
um, and then not have sprue cutters and have to pop the individual orcs off their sprue with, with their oh, thumbs. Oh, Christ. It was horrible. I did that for a while. I've heard people talk about, like, they, they used fingernail clippers. Um, and that I seems harder than br- twisting it off. Uh, honestly, yeah. it seems worse than twisting it off. <laughs> a lot of a lot of my old Space Marines have, like, little divots on their helmets and stuff. Sure. I just popped it directly off the sprue. <laughs> There's just a little bit of sprue. That's how it's supposed to be for your first army. You're not... Sure. It's not going to turn out like the box art because you are you are a level zero. The people painting the box art are paid and sponsored to do so by the company making the model. Of they're some of the best painters in the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's, not gonna... But I think there's some positive things if you're striving for that, right? Maybe someday you want it to look like the perfect ultramarine, right? But you're not, you're not going to start there. Uh, and I think also if you want to make your own thing, the, the trap there is it may not end up looking like you thought it would in your head, right? Um, yeah. And and I don't think that – I don't think – I think that it's easy to get discouraged there too. But I think you'll get there eventually if you want to. Um, it just – you got to train your 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 hands and, and your brain to get there. Um I basically, from the very beginning, when I do base coats, make them super precise. Um, like it takes me longer to do base coats than other people, but I don't. Uh, it, I feel like it saves me time in the highlighting stage because I don't have to redo anything. I think it drives me crazy. So, but it took what that did is it trained me in brush control over the over the last like eight or nine years that I've been painting. Um, Brush control is just something that comes with practice. Making things look like you want them to look, whether it's box art or your own creation, takes practice. Um, and and eventually you'll get there to where you can you can just look at a model and know that you can accomplish the thing that you want to accomplish, uh, whether it's original uh, to you or original from somebody else. Um, and I think there's a there's there's dangers in both approaches, and I think there's but there's mostly positives in either. And this has been my TED Talk. <laughs> no, I think I think you're right. Half the reason I started a channel is because I I mean, my aesthetic has always leaned towards making things look like candy. I don't know why. Like people ask me why do you do that and I'm like I literally do not know. I just think I like to imagine your fun. house as as like a small version of Willy Wonka's chocolate factory. Bro, I wish. I'm assuming that you have a fizzy lifting drink room. So that would be really cool. I drink enough soda that I should just build one and save on costs. But uh, no, I haven't installed that quite yet. Uh, but basically, I was like... It would how, clash with how... the wood paneling. It would. Uh, God, the wood paneling. This house. I, I'm sorry, I distracted you. You were creating your own aesthetic because you, 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 you didn't see as much representing kind of what you wanted your stuff to look like, right? Well, uh, not exactly. I started... I, I didn't have to create my own aesthetic as uh, someone with an art background. I kind of knew going in that I was going to paint this Warhammer stuff to look like it was made out of candy. Because I like candy monsters. It just felt natural to me. I know that's a really weird thing to say, but it just candy felt Land natural to me. Candyland had a strong impression on you. It really did. Um, Lord Licorice. Bas- <laughs> Not Lord Licorice, no. Uh, <laughs> he's a little creepy on the original. The... the, the version of the board game that i had 
Do you know? Okay, so this, you can edit this out, but did you know that they've changed the Candyland art like four or five times and they've added and removed ca- characters from the Candyland board yeah. game? And that is very distressing to me. Okay, I like that to is imagine not there's right. like a canon. There's a canon. I like, no way editing there this is, out. No, this, there this is, is peak content right there here. There is a there's fucking Candyland Candy canon. canon. Okay, there is a correct version and there is a sanitized version, like a sad, <laughs> sad dog that's just had all of the the reasonable. This is the future liberals want. Bread out of it. <laughs> it's sanitized. It ain't right. It's wheezing for breath. That's not the correct Candyland. Okay. I. I, the only character I ever remember is Lord Licorice. There's, how do you not remember he's... any of the other Candyland characters? You know every goddamn Marvel character. You can't tell me. Because I'm old. You can't tell me about Queen Frostine. Okay, no. I'm no sorry. Floppy. No. Jeez. Well, there's this a Gumdrop one, right? I I never yeah. played Candyland, so like when you're talking about candy monsters oh, and dear. things, like what I usually get in my head is King Tudic going. Yeah, not King. What the hell am I? Alan Tudyk as King Candy in Wreck-It Ralph. Oh, yeah. You know, going, have some candy. Wreck-It Ralph is pretty And, and pretty like, the, the whole Sugar Rush world in that in that movie. Love that. Love that whole aesthetic. Love that one uh, level in Mario Kart where it's just candy. Um, I watched Willy Wonka a million times as a kid, so that's not surprising. But yes, there is a correct version of Candyland, and kids these days aren't able to play because they don't make it anymore. But besides that, my point, my original point was, I knew how I wanted to paint these things. But there are no painting guides for how to make your orc's skin look like mint chocolate chip ice cream. Or how to make, how to paint waffle cone stripes on a um a weapon to make it look like it is made out of waffle cone so i've had to figure out how to do all of this uh because there are no guides for how to do that um and there frankly should be uh because well well, there are now because you're you're creating them so i'm trying but i wish someone was doing this work for me because guys figuring stuff out is crazy hard but then i have a couple people people who have way better ideas than i do already like one of the people on my discord has been painting like the gems and stuff on like scepters or the little fastener things on capes like giant m&ms like that's such a good idea that's so great they yeah. they uh Zier's doing like a um a staff uh that's a pretzel rod like it's just made out of pretzel and they paint it brown with uh with little little white dots to look like salt it's so good Z's so talented wasn't there some guy on on the clown army project who replaced a hammerhead with like a soda bottle yes yes uh Odin Jones uh evil I love evil that soda penguin. bottle Evil Penguin Crafts on Instagram made a uh, insane clown posse clown and 3D printed a bottle of Fago for it. I don't know anything about the insane clown posse, but apparently um, Fago is not just for fans of Homestuck, but also insane clown posse. So the troll for the army has a hammer where the, the, the what's the top part of head. the hammer called? The head, head of the hammer. The, the head is made out of a Fago bottle. It's really great. He also sent me extra 
Soda bottles? He sent me extra Fago bottles. I have those. I don't know what I'm going to do with them, but I love that he was like, you will want these. Absolutely. Yes, that is correct. Well, and 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 I think because uh, like I, someone has once implied, like, for example, implied to me that because I'm replicating a scheme in Marvel that exists, that somehow what I'm doing is less hard. Uh, and I think there's... Oh, it's definitely not. I think <laughs> not less hard. <laughs> I think they're very different, and I think they they both have some parts that are easier and some parts that are harder. Um, and I think that I think what we're I think we all agree because none of us are assholes um, that it doesn't really matter. You can do what you want, and 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 someone else's expectations for what your army should look like are their expectations, and they can cram it. Uh, generally speaking. <laughs> So. <laughs> and there's so much there's so much to be learned from either side as well. Like I remember um watching Destro's video about doing the clown army and you described my exact creative process when trying to figure out how to do the spider kettle thing. Um because sometimes I'll just randomly get an idea and be like obviously these town need to be key lime pie themed. Yep, that's th- you just get it and you're like why that's did I clear. not know that before? Um which is fun to see someone who doesn't necessarily... Like, I wouldn't say that you paint by the box art all of the time, but you're definitely not doing, like, the same kind of uh, ludicrous stuff that I sometimes do. So to see you have that same kind of concept and then apply it to something was super fun. But likewise, I'll see someone doing something with edge highlighting or doing something with dry brushing and be like, oh, I can do that same thing, but in different colors. That'd look like buttered popcorn. That solves yeah. a huge problem for me. So it's cool. I think people should share and learn from each other more because there's there's good stuff in both camps. Because you can there really are. You can pull you can pull bits from everything and sort of fuse them mm-hmm. into making you know your thing. Whether that's closer to an in-universe look or or it's uh, something wild like key lime pie town. Yeah, and it's it's way easier to do that than it used to be. Like when I was first starting out in this the 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 level of painting guides you got was basically just what was in white dwarf it was like draw the owl (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah draw the rest of the draw the rest of the goddamn owl uh but they they used to the the painting guides in white dwarf used to be better than than they are now as far as i've seen well and 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 it and the secret that they don't tell you is that the colors that they put on the back of the box are absolutely not the paints they used most of the time uh, for Games Workshop. Yeah, I mean, they they may. I want. I wonder if they're like required to use Citadel paints. I bet they do use Citadel paints, but I'm pretty sure they mix them and use different ones. And this one here, and that, and just telling you what colors somebody used doesn't isn't helpful information. You know, it's it's. Great, cool. You have used bale red or ball red. Uh, which part of the model is ball red? I mean, I can see some red of various shades. Are they all ball red? You know, they don't tell you how they changed anything. And a lot of the times, they're using things that they didn't necessarily list on the box. So I'm taking a look that's... at the box and seeing seeing if they have them grouped. Um, they do. They do say like, um, for instance, like on if... my my corn demons one, it says uh, for the flesh they based in Mephiston red, shaded okay. with Karenberg crimson, which they definitely didn't do. Like, I I'm sorry, but there's no <laughs> way that putting a wash on this model made it look the way that it does. 
Um, they layered with Wild Rider Red, and then they layered with Fire Dragon Bright. Um, which I want to believe, but also I don't know that that's 100% accurate, because it looks like there's more than four colors on this model. There absolutely um, is. I mean, they, they probably like they do... were mixing various shades of those, right? Together. Yeah. To their credit, though, they do split it up into, like, the the layers uh, and shape. Well, I okay. guess it's just the paint. I mean, maybe you can take that as, like, layering up from the base shade, but it's something. I mean, they have... It's something. By co- by contrast, they've done their, their online, like, painting tutorials, and, and you actually see what they're doing mostly, right? So. Yeah, I, yeah, I wonder if I like went and dug out one of my old boxes of things. If it would still have that like base and layer and whatever stuff. Says on use it. chestnut. I, I don't ink. remember that being a thing. Like when I was buying these boxes way way back. You're kind of on your own. I uh, uh, let me let me. I, I know where I have one. I'm gonna go grab it. I'll be right back. Well, I mean, I think in the past, like, and I think Destry makes an, a good point. Is we're making. Everybody's sharing information, and I think that that's just a net good, whether you want to make your own original scheme or you want to copy somebody else's. Because, um, uh, you know, I don't think I would have been as good as I've become in as short a time as it took without having lots and lots of online resources to show me how to do stuff. Mm. And uh, because I watch painting videos all the time, and I even if someone is, and I'm holding up quotation fingers, maybe less good than I am, I've never not learned something from watching somebody else do something. You know, because they do something differently from me, and I think that shows me that something I might want to do can be done in a different way, that I wouldn't have approached it. Alright, so I am here, and I have a really old Games Workshop box, and I know for a fact that this is an old box, because it is the Tomb King's Battalion, and they don't make these anymore. Sure. This isn't. This isn't. You did that last week, Destro. You complained about the Tomb Kings last week. You gotta move on. You gotta let them go. You gotta let them well, go. I'm talking this time. This time, I'm talking about the the paint things that they put on the back of the box, and they mm. have some little skeletons here. Shocking. Uh, we have one red paint. We have one gold paint, and I. I I can definitely tell that they have not used just one gold paint on this. They have definitely, like, applied a, a wash or something to the gold. We have Hawk Turquoise, which is what they used to call their turquoise paint. And that is definitely highlighted, so they have certainly mixed in some some lighter color or something to the turquoise. We have one bone-colored paint, which is absolutely not the only thing that they've used on the bone. And then Chaos Black and Snakebite Leather are, are mentioned as well. And so they, they give you six total paints uh, for these skeletons. And they, they do not tell you which ones they've used where or what they've done to highlight or anything like that. It's just here's your six paints that we probably used on these skeletons somewhere. Right. I mean, like, I guess you could sort of guess, but like you said... You know, they don't imply you know wh- it, what they use to play shadows, highlights. Did they mix those highlights with something? You know, to to make them well, into they, highlights. They certainly they certainly don't tell you, and there's definitely highlights on that model. Right. So, um, probably a little little better what they're doing these days with being like, oh yeah, here's the three paints we kind of used for like this section, 
but still probably not the only three paints that they used. I think my original point on that was that you shouldn't get discouraged if it doesn't look like that, because I think not only are you a different painter, you're also not getting all the information. Oh yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and the internet is wonderful, uh, specifically for giving you uh, more painting information um, if, as long as you don't look at the comments. Um, but yeah, yeah, don't you, don't read comments. That's why, just a bad why, time. Why, when you stepped away, I was talking about how like the 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 resources of the of the internet have taught me how to become a better painter in probably a much faster p- s- s- timeline than it would have if I was in isolation. Uh, you know, because mm. people talk about people are so much better painters these days, right? Than they were. Like if you look at a Golden Demon from 1999, and you look at a Golden Demon from this year it's night day well heck go look at go look at the store photo for the gutter runners like right i shoot dude i am a golden demon painter in 1999 uh i need to go i i i need to get a time machine and just and get like five slayer swords uh yeah i'm just gonna go back in time i won't yeah we can we can we what we'll do is we'll 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 hop in at the beginning of Golden Demon and Crystal Brush, and we'll establish ourselves as the most famous painters of our time. But we'll also, when we get to our current year, we we don't paint anymore. Our muse is gone, because we don't want anyone to know that we're still exactly the same as we were in our time trip. So, yeah, Can we're we just also... gonna go back in time and and blow everyone's minds with uh, with our, you know painting skill from current year as opposed to what they were doing in 1990 with goblin green bases. I love a goblin green base. I think we need to bring those back. Bring it back. Uh, well, I think... I think With I a think goblin... Point... A goblin green base rim to match Jeremy. A goblin Ugh, green gross. base rim to match. Gross. And it should be like chunky and not painted even. <laughs> and it should be like basing dust on, like not on mixed. the rim of well, the base. Yep. It's like sort of streaky. Yep. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Yep. Sand One stuck to the side. Coat. Yep, exactly. One of your eyebrow hairs is like dried into it. <laughs> the worst possible basing material of unpainted sand. Well, you know, so we have all these resources today, and I think they can help you do basically whatever you want. Uh, and you should do whatever you want, and fuck anybody who says differently. Yeah, because those guys are probably gatekeeping assholes. <laughs> Whoa, what a transition into our next subject. It's almost like I'm a professional. Destro said the name of the podcast, except not really. He just said the word on the outline. That's right. Yeah, so... so... Yes, there are a lot of resources online to help you get into this hobby and uh, start painting miniatures and and doing kind of what you want to do, but there's also a lot of jerks who will tell you that you should paint like the box art or you're a failure. Or you should paint your own thing. You don't want to be a copycat, do you? Ah, that's right. Gatekeeping on both sides of the spectrum, as if this is a nuanced issue and not just like an us versus them kind of thing. Right. Well, and I think gatekeeping in general happens in a lot of things, but specifically in the tabletop gaming and hobby space, you know, I think it's it's a big problem because um, it's mostly been a white dude hobby um, for a long time, uh, and it still is. Uh 
and uh, and I think a lot of the times when anybody who shows up who, for example, doesn't match some of those parameters, um, they're very often treated as others. Um, you know, whether intentionally or not, um, it's still not great. My, my wife has a story of, of walking into a gaming store to buy some Warhammer and, like, every guy in the store being like, what? There, there is a woman in the store. What do we... How do we do this? What? Well... <laughs> What's going Destro, on? Is you treat them like fucking people. Mm-hmm. And then, then we, we, if you start there, you literally cannot make any really bad mistakes. Uh, it's so. true. I mean, I've that's, had... That's my strategy. I mean, she married me, so I must not be I've doing had a too similar... bad. similar... <laughs> <laughs> well, that begs the question, do we treat the, the undead reanimated skeleton that you are and the ghost of a bear that you are, Jeremy, as human people, or do you get special rights for being the undead? Uh, s- sadly, undead is not a protected class. Uh, so It's, it's yeah. not a protected, We're... marginalized group. Okay. Yeah, I'm for lobbying them. for it. That's right. <laughs> well, and, I, and I don't think gatekeeping necessarily just is for, like, gender or race or or anything. Often, t- like we, what we were talking about earlier at length is there's often gatekeeping in how you approach the hobby itself. It's true. And, like, I had a similar experience to your wife, Destro. I, I'm a I'm a they-them for anyone who wasn't aware of that. So non-binary, but I'm not really expecting the Warhammer crowd at my local store to really understand what that means. Nor was I willing to explain that to any of them when I showed up to play my first ever game of 40k with the orcs that I had used my thumbs to pop out on the sprues who were painted <laughs> mint, mint chocolate chip uh, skin with little pink ice cream man uniforms. They were ready to go. Um, I show up and people, like, in, I was like, hopefully someone will be down to teach me. I only had, like, 500 points, but I was amped. I was ready. I was psyched about these orcs. And then... Um, I go down into the the gaming space in our local store, and the first comment I get from someone is like, you're a lady, and you have orcs? (laughs) That's weird. And I'm like, okay, wrong on, like, both accounts, but I'll let one of those slide. And I was just kind of like, yeah, orcs orcs are cool. And then I take them out from the little, like, uh, start collecting box that I had stored them in, and he was like, oh, and they're pink. And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, there's no pink so far, orcs. Three for and three. I was like, oh, d- yeah. So, like, everything... I I have only ever gone back to try and play um, 40k at that store one other time besides that. And, like, at that point, I think I had, like, 1,500 points. And one of the guys there was like, I only want to play at 2,000 points. So he just waited for another person to show up, and nobody nice. else did. So then he left. Um, and so rather than play a game there... with you, he was like, "Yeah, well, I guess I'll just sit here." Yeah. I guess I'll just not play games. There were other. That's people clearly who what showed I showed up. up to this game store, to the gaming space, to do is to just sit here and not play games because right. the only opponent available does not have the amount of points that I want to play at. Yeah, there there was another couple of people who showed up and, like, 
one of them knew that I was still um, trying to do, like, learn to play games. So he volunteered for that before the guy who wanted to play 2,000 points could ask if he wanted nice. to play 2,000 points. Nice. I was happy about. But like, I like that guy. <laughs> he was all right. He was all right. Um, but it's just, like, that kind of gatekeeping. Like, I don't... I. I'm so interested in 40k models that I bought, like, a, a lot of Tau guys, a really disturbing amount of Tau that I own, that I'm gonna paint up, and I'm in the process of painting up, but because of the scene at my local store, I have no idea when the, when I will actually use them, and it's not for lack of wanting to, it's for feeling uncomfortable in the space, which sucks. See that's un- that's unfortunate. And they started off that way, right? Like you, that was your. Yeah. I remember. So what you? I think you might not recall, but like when you were there the first time, you were on a Discord at the Goobertown Discord, and you were just you were just melting down. Um, uh, you were so worried that people like you were like I I'm gonna repaint my guys. I'm gonna because yeah. they, they look dumb and pink, and nobody wants to play with me, and you know. Uh, and and then I think you did, like you said, you did get a game. Um, but like your impression of those those guys, and I, I'm assuming they were all men. Um, they were very what, much all. Well, as far as I'm aware, they were all male presenting, and no one corrected sure. me about pronouns. So I'm assuming that they are all men. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. Okay. So Probably a safe assumption. I, I help run a gaming club in my city, um, and and I've made it a point to let everyone know that gatekeeping of any kind is not acceptable. Uh, you know, guys, this person is a woman. That doesn't seem like relevant information to roll dice and, and move little plastic models around. But yes, you can see that this is a woman person. Um, stop being weird. Um, <laughs> just play the game, you know? And, 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 and to their credit, all of the folks in my club um that are still members are, are all great about that we we try to be welcoming in all aspects uh do you want to play with your stuff painted great if you want to play with your stuff unpainted also great i don't know what's going on in somebody's life so i i'm not gonna i'm not gonna make them do something to enjoy their hobby you know uh, i mean personally it does hurt my soul a little bit to see an army of gray plastic on the table i would like to see painted armies because i think painted armies are cool and i think they look gray plastic i think they are but more like fun. if you don't if you don't have the time and you just want to play the game like okay <laughs> right but uh, and also that, i feel like i feel like that's a little bit different because you're you're not going to that's how you feel personally but if you saw someone showing up with a gray army to play against yours you're not going to be like oh i don't want to play against your army at all because it's unpainted i'm willing to oh, bet no, you would I'd, still, like, play, I'd still the play a game with them i'd be like i'd be like oh man you you didn't paint your guys like the uh, but you know i'll play a game it's it's fine it's <laughs> a game they don't need to be painted in order to like move them around the table and roll dice excuse me um they, your they ultramarine just doesn't do. have the proper combi flamer <laughs> <laughs> this, this model is not WYSIWYG. it's unacceptable the thing is though like i played age of sigmar at the adepticon tournament um which I was terrified to do, but very excited about. And I was so worried that people were going to be, like, um, really, really strict about 
the requirements for how your army had to look or be painted or the weapons that they had to be holding um or that i was gonna feel uncomfortable or not be able to be like hey i actually use they them pronouns if that's cool every single person i played against was way more worried about explaining like their abilities to me if i needed to know them and just being like yep okay let's get playing because in a tournament situation which i thought would be the strictest in the world everybody's just like we have three hours to complete a game of warhammer i have two games ahead of, of like after this let's just play the game which was great there no one was yeah. scrutinizing my model for details no one really cared to what standard they were painted I mean, everybody had their armies painted, and I p played against some beautiful, incredible armies. But, like, one of the people had uh, a cut-off plastic foot with a little bit of, like, uh, uh, cotton glued to the top and was like, yeah, this is just what I use to represent the the great foot of Gork spell. I made it myself. <laughs> and, like, that's fantastic. That's, awesome. that's great. Um, so it... It truly was like, and this is a this is a games workshop sponsored tournament at a games workshop convention. If there is less gatekeeping at that tournament than your local scene, like that is that is unfortunately sad and very problematic for I, your local. Yeah, scene. I think I think that the main thing that Games Workshop gets really uptight about these days is like using official Games Workshop models. Yeah, and and well. And I think sometimes people act like because a lot of these the only t the only rules Games Workshop has apply to playing at Warhammer World. Uh, they don't have any rules for how many colors your army should be. I, everyone says three color minimum, but they're just repeating an old hobbyist tale uh, that that doesn't exist. Uh, like, I did. I did have a friend get kicked out of a uh, a UK Games Workshop at one point because he had a bunch of like tokens from infinity or something and, and that he was using and they were worried that like someone would take a photo of this and it would i think this had happened that someone had taken a photo and like it had gone up on the games workshop facebook page and some other company was like that's our tokens you can't use that and so they got really uptight about it that for a while but sure <laughs> but i think you know i think that the first impression you give somebody is often the lasting one. That's true. That is scientifically accurate. The first impression is the lasting one, and you found a much more welcoming community uh, in your Age of Sigmar uh, group, right? I did, and I corrupted my Blood Bowl group to make it more welcoming. Like, when I first started showing up to Blood Bowl, it was me and the guy running it. Um, and he's, like, the most enthusiastic Blood Bowl person ever. He knows every single Blood Bowl character, all of the models, all of the rules. Alan is just a freak for Blood Bowl. This is, like, the only hobby that he has outside of, like, being a dad and stuff like that. So he's just very passionate about it. Um, but he couldn't get people to show up. And he had never met a non-binary before, so he, he like, messed up with pronouns a couple of times and stuff like that, but he never made it weird or anything. He was just like, yeah, I just might legitimately mess this up. I do not care. I just want to play Blood Bowl. And I was like, you know, I can probably get some other people to show up, but I just, like, they will be queer. I will bring the <laughs> LGBTQ plus into this community. We're going to Taika Watiti the shit out of this Blood Bowl league. <laughs> exactly. And he was like... Make you it can more get gay. other people to show up. 
He was like, you can get other players for us? I was like, yeah, I definitely can. So I invite... I, I invited some of my other queer friends. Um, one of Alan's friends uh, brought his wife to the game. So now it's two non-binaries, um, someone who is trans, a woman, and then uh, three straight guys. So we have we have definitely Taika Waititi this this Blood Bowl league. It is I love it. equal parts straight and queer, and it's just like yup. Like, I can help you out, but you have to be accepting, which is awesome because anybody who wanders by and, like, looks over will see people, uh, they will likely see themselves represented to some capacity in our small Blood Bowl League. So, like, I don't care about the 40, I probably won't ever show up to the 40k scene, but I am always there Blood Bowl night because I'm like, yeah, we built this community and it fuck so hard it's so good i love my blood bowl league i love that well and and i think i think you you would think that communities would want to have more people you know and being gatekeepy is counterproductive but then you realize that they want specific types of people we we want the right kind that's right people which has a sentence that has never not been um, ultra hostile. Um, so, I, you know, it. You, I want my community to grow. I want. I can't wait for someone to take me saying that out of context. Right. I. I, I want. I don't think we're that famous yet, Destro. I think you're good. I, I think. I think, good. I think. I think. All of us want more people to play games with, and and it behooves us to, well, basically, play games against whoever wants to play them. You know, um, I think you can certainly get to a point where maybe you don't care for playing with a specific person, which is totally fine. But if it's, you know, but that's based on them as a as a as a gamer, you know, not not so much that they're, you know, uh, a woman or non-binary or a different race than you are. You know, it that all those things are stupid to yeah, there there was one guy that I used to play with who like cheated a shitload. Nice. And so I didn't like playing with that guy very much. Yeah, that's a legit reason to gatekeep someone. Because you know, we should want to encourage more people to play. Your story about the Blood Bowl League is great because it did not exist, right? Before Yeah. You, no, it, you started it inviting didn't. you started inviting people and now you have a fun social event. That did not exist beforehand. Yeah, you you've kind of like made your own little very welcoming by the by the sounds of things community for for this game. And so now, if there's people who want to get into that game, you can be like, oh yeah, like you know, come on over here. We'll run a demo game for you. Like this guy's got this team. You can play as them if you want. You can. You, you have a couple teams, Fiverr, or like. You, I have. I know you've got the the pizza orgs. I have uh, I have pizza orcs. I have killer clowns from outer space. Uh, uh, necromatic horrors. I have cyberpunk uh, lizard men, and I'm working on uh, fast food themed uh, shambling undead, which are different from necromatic horrors, but still similar. Thanks for that confusion, yeah. GW. Yeah, and and so like if someone wanted to join the Blood Bowl League and you happen to have 
you know, two of your teams there, you could be like, oh yeah, you can play like the the pizza orcs, and I'll play the uh, the the necromantic horrors, the the killer clowns from outer space, and we'll do the pizza orcs versus the killer clowns, and here's how you play, and this is, and it would be fun, and and you know, you then maybe that person is like, oh well, I liked this team, but you know, I I I feel like I'd like that team better, like those guys, the. The rats, maybe the Skaven, are more my style. Are you sure right? that so like, a girl like you, uh, n- or a short person like you, or uh, not white male, is really the right kind of person to play rats? Though, mm? <laughs> mm? that the game everyone should play rats. The the situation you're describing, Destro, literally happened. Except they bought Nurgle instead of Skaven to play with. Ah. Uh. They bought Nurgle. Ugh. Nurgle, what is wrong? I know what is what is wrong in the world that someone would want to play Nurgle. That's the only thing I will gaslight Gatekeep Girl Boss about. Uh, parentheses <laughs> non-binary. Uh, no, Nurgle <laughs> is bad. I don't. I like. I'll play against Nurgle because I have to. But I, your models are gross. The sculpts are gross. They're scary. I hate them. I'm sorry. Why did you choose Nurgle? Like, I get it. You, the point is that it's gross, but why? Why do you want these gross boys in your house? Just no. Nurgle is the only thing that I will gatekeep. This is not. I, this is not a safe space for. I'm Nurgle. gonna paint. I'm gonna paint a great unclean one, and post it all. Uh, I'm, not o- do I'm it. not okay no! with guys, Land Raider. Like. <sighs> No, guys, guy, midwinter minis. Uh, no, no, it's so gross. It's got eyes and mouths where it shouldn't. No, right. Oh, the te- the teeth. The teeth are yeah, what the, scare me. The teeth. <laughs> the land raider with the teeth. The teeth. The, the human. The very human teeth. <laughs> it is. It is too much Nurgle. It's that so that scary. that pushed me beyond the pale a little bit. I was like, ooh, that's maybe too Nurgly for me. Too much the great unclean one is one of my like least favorite Nurgle models. Because you know what's worse though is the great clean one. The great clean one. I was just that one somehow that. worse. It's somehow, I was, it's I somehow was worse. Warhammer community one time on Twitch, um, where like the the actual painters talk. They like answer hobby questions and stuff. And Louise Sugden was talking about the great clean one, but she also brought up. This other terrifying creation, there's, like, this British character called Mr. Blobby, and someone had painted an entire Nurgle army to look like him, um, and I hope you'll Google him, because he is the single most terrifying entity I have ever seen. He's, like, a clown that went horribly, horribly wrong. Yeah, Jeremy just Googled him. Like, he's terrifying! What is that? Oh, no! And then does someone it, painted do, their do, Nurgle does it have, like that. Does it have genitals? Oh, no. I d- why are you asking this question? Why is that what you're asking me on record because one on of, a podcast? One, the, one, fair, of the pictures is, one of the pictures of the thumbnail was a balloon. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it's a balloon. <laughs> and it looks like it has a dick. Um. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like the little like inflate the balloon and attach it to a stick thing, and it's but they definitely... put it in a very unfortunate place. <laughs> Please, dear God, edit this out. <laughs> oh no, that's dead. absolutely not peak content. <laughs> I was like, I was like, wait, what? And then I'm like, oh God. And then, like, you know, none this of the. Is gonna 
This is... <laughs> Grognard's Yellow Cloud, episode 5, semicolon, does Mr. Blobby have a dick? Like, why? why oh my god, I found someone on Deviant... I found someone no! on DeviantArt. Deviant Art. Get off DeviantArt! That's not a safe place for you to be, Jeremy. Someone body painted themselves safe. as Mr. Blobby. Someone made themselves into Mr. Blobby. And they played what it straight, which about? somehow makes it worse. You were talking about uh, Nurgle and how they kind of took... They made oh, a Nurgle God. army okay. as Mr. Yeah. Blobby. They did. Um. Anyway... Nurgle is scary and bad and not welcome in this space for me personally. Sure. Uh, that's the only thing I will gatekeep. That's you, that's and your gatekeeping is is Nurgle. That's my gatekeep. Um, people don't respect it. My Discord and my uh my YouTube live chat constantly ask me about Nurgle, so I can't even successfully gatekeep that. Well, and I to kind of bring us back around, like an interesting question is what is what is I think the obvious answer to this, though, is uh, what does gatekeeping do to those being kind of pushed away? It makes them feel unwelcome, and you lose a potential friend. Or very yeah, hey, or... I mean, I mean that kind of that kind of came up with with Fiverr's story of right. like bringing their orcs to the the forty k thing, and and someone's like, well, there's no pink orcs, and and now that sucks. And now... don't be that guy, right? And now Fiverr does not want to play forty k with those people. For obvious reasons, yeah, well, yeah, because they're because they're dicks. I mean, <laughs> and, I forgot then... it, and I forgot it until you had brought it up. But I legitimately wanted to repaint an army that I had been incredibly proud of moments before. Like, and I told you that was dumb, and don't do that. Um, yeah, you did tell me that was dumb, and don't do that. Uh, well, and I think gatekeeping does something to the people who are already part of that community too. Um, and well, it, it definitely makes the the community kind of weird more insular, and, yeah, and, and weird like... and insular and 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 hostile, and often more hostile to each other than they might. Full of grognards, funny enough, right? Might have <laughs> might have more hostile to each other than they might have been otherwise. You know, uh, you know, they will be more but... more likely to point things out that you're doing wrong. You know, I've, well, yeah, because now they're in this weird gatekeepy echo chamber where right. everyone must, you know, paint ultramarines using exactly the correct shade of blue or be ostracized forever. You think it's like, um, what's that movie, Logan's Run? You remember when like they turned like thirty or something, and they had to like leave the community or die. By the way, to be clear, before anyone makes an old person joke, that movie was well before my time. Okay. <laughs> I was but, gonna make an old person joke, but that I was know I could feel I it. I could movie. feel it. I'm so sorry. I, the the old I'm people gonna... jokes creeping up on Jeremy. Oh my god, it's <laughs> happening. Um, but I I think I think you know I think when you're you're exclusionary, you cause a negative effect to yourself as well. Um, and I think that maybe that's harder to see, but you know I. It sucks that, you know, like, because that person otherwise might have been a perfectly nice person, but over time they sort of changed into kind of like, well, a jerk. Um, and uh, and I think gatekeeping is negative whether you're the gatekeeper or the person being kept out. Um, and, you know, just stop, guys. Be cool. That's usually my my rule. Everyone just be cool. 
Like, the, the the gameplay part of this hobby is is very much a like you need another person to play against, and why would you why would you stop? It's a niche. From it's a you know like it's a niche hobby. Stop pushing out like, people no, that I don't wanna... want. I don't want more opponents in my my space. I don't want people to play this game against. I, I want only a very small and limited number of people who I deem to be the correct type of people to play this game with. Uh, when you I, could have so many more. I'd people rather to just play complain about with. it on Reddit. Um, if you know. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Oh, oh yeah, and then and then go on Reddit and complain that there's nobody to play with. Right. It's something that we all need to be aware of as well, though, because, like, for the longest time, I was just kind of like, yeah, I mean, uh, just because Space Marines aren't really my 40k aesthetic. And, I mean, I think we've been dunking on Ultramarines just a little bit for the fact that they are the poster art. But, like, I I didn't realize cool. how how much how much good lore I was Ultramarines legitimately... Ultramarines deserve to be dunked on at least a little bit. I mean, that's a, a little bit of that is just everybody being like, they're everywhere and we want to see something else. And your rats haven't been refreshed in 2000 years. So you want new rats. But um, I was missing out on good lore and good stories and interesting content just because I was like, space marines aren't particularly my aesthetic. The world eaters are dope as hell. And since I've had people <laughs> just like tell me the lore, I've been like, yeah, I'm getting into this. It's cool. Well, and I think I think that's what draws a lot of people to Space Marines. Besides the look, is like there's even though they all are kind of the same, they're all not the same, you know. And they have a ton of stories about them. So many stories. I love the stories. I love lore. It's interesting. I've been crying over sad boy Angron like on this audiobook. His life is so messed up, guys. Even for he kind of got a raw deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Angron kind of got screwed. Nothing has gone this way. And I can tell you, you know, all of the ways that Magnus did nothing wrong and the Thousand Sons are great, so... Also, Pretty Boy Fulgrim is there. I don't know what he does. I know nothing about his lore, but I know that he is, like, statistically speaking, the prettiest space marine, and that is funny to me. That's I'm pretty he's, sure he's, he's a, a magical... He's in a prettiest space marine contest with Sanguinius. Sanguinius, yeah. yeah. He's a magical girl. He, he's a magical girl from a magical girl anime. You know what magical girl animes are, Jeremy? I'm I do. somewhat surprised. That doesn't Listen. seem like it would be your scene, but I'm glad no one gate kept you from that and you were able to, to <laughs> Listen, Sailor with Moon that. is really old, okay? Sailor Moon is very old. Um, they're cousins, okay? Um, so. <laughs> they. they uh, I, I think, you know, yeah. we're all kind of agreeing. Like, you know, gatekeeping just hurts you almost as much as it hurts the person that you're keeping out. You know, because you make new pals, you have more people to play your very niche hobby with. You know, you, you could be exposed to new games that you might not have played otherwise. Um, you know, uh, you could decide all of a sudden that, oh, man, I really like, I don't fucking know, uh, Dead Zone right you like this is cool and you might not have done that otherwise if you just sort of turned your nose up and said we don't we don't play those games here you know kind of thing so i mean that sounds like an extreme example but um i mean that kind of stuff happens all the time especially in the gw sphere so also gw games suck (laughs) <laughs> you play 
play the one page rules version of the Games Workshop games. Uh, that's not true. Uh, I actually really like the Blood Bowl uh, rules. I think they're fun. So they they're are ridiculous. Uh, I actually hear pretty good things about the War Cry rule set. That's true. Yeah, that I, too. I haven't had a chance to give it a give it a shot myself yet, but I hear it's very good. Uh, Blood Bowl uh, is is very good. I enjoy Blood Bowl. I played the old um, version of Kill Team, like the 2016 version or whatever, which basically was just little 40k. Uh, and I got, I don't typically get that salty when I play games. I was in such a rage after one of those games that I literally <laughs> took my models to a store and sold them. Oh my goodness! Wow. I was like, I was yeah, playing this I, game, I and, and I was like, played that version of Kill Team. I think I played like the the fourth edition version of Kill Team, where it was an asymmetric game, where one person had like a bunch of random goons, and one player had the actual Kill Team, and that was kind of an interesting system. I don't know if it was you know the best system, but it was. Fun I'm assured that the new version is good. I'm told the new version is good, and it's its own game. It's not like scaled down 40k anymore. But anyway, that's I want to try right Necromunda. Right. Oh yeah, Necromunda cool. is another one that I hear is actually really good. Super fun and I weird. Um, so it's like Games Workshop makes good games as long as it's not their flagship products. Yeah. So don't play Age of Sigmar or 40k, I guess. But um, I'm still, you know, unless you want still to, still gonna play those games. So right. You can't well, gatekeep me from playing those. Oh games dang! Because they're bad. Hoisted by my own petard. How many times per podcast do you have to say hoisted by your own petard, Jeremy? Is that I'm in your trying contract to f- somewhere? I, I have a I have my own set of notes and I have to put in the catchphrases <laughs> as as often as I can. So I mean what do you guys think that we can do to make commu- these communities more welcoming to people? Well, I mean, what what Fiverr did is with the Blood Bowl League is is probably a good start. Like, get involved, and if you don't see a, a space that you can go, make your like, own, make one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I agree there, but I want to emphasize that I explicitly told the person I was like, listen, if I'm going to invite people, we are making this an accepting space. You will respect other people's pronouns, and no one is going to be treated differently because of how they identify. Like I was upfront right. about that. I was like, if you want to build a league, I can help you do that. But this is going to be an inclusive one, or else I'm out. Um, and like, like that is a, that's a yeah, that's a statement that shouldn't be a problem if you're a rational person who just wants people to game with. <laughs> if you're not a psychopath. Um, yeah. Build uh, my own league with blackjack and hookers. I would also say the classic, if you don't have n- anything nice to say, don't say Shut anything at up. all. If you... Th- I mean, that's one way of saying it, but if you don't <laughs> think that there should be pink orcs in the 41st millennium, maybe just keep that thought to yourself. Is that a thought that needs to be shared? No. What about female space marines? Dude, there should be oh, female oh, space shit, marines. Oh, shit, no. We're not opening that this, this episode is already an hour and 40 minutes. We are not opening the female space marine can right I now. Will, we'll that do that next time. For another I time. Say, Thank you very much. I will say two <laughs> sentences on the subject. They're called transhumans, the space oh. marines. Oh, you do the math. Nice. That's it. Those are my two sentences. Mic drop. I'm out. Except I won't. Drop I will this not mic be taking any comments. 
I will take no uh, Please address feedback. all of your comments to Games nope. Workshop PLC. <laughs> well, and I, I think you're right. If you don't have a space, you should make one. And also, people should just make spaces available to anyone who wants to participate. Um, certainly, you can encourage people to paint their models um, rather than requiring it. Encourage them to hey, this is a really cool story about these guys. You might like that, you know. Uh, I, th I find that, like, encouraging people is a lot more effective than telling them what they shouldn't be doing. Yeah, yeah because I mean, inviting someone... Excitement is a pretty powerful motivator. If you can get someone excited about painting their models, they'll probably go paint them. Inviting someone to uh, learn to paint night or offering to help, like having be like oh yeah by the way did you know that there's a paint night on like wednesdays did you want to go sometime that's a way more inviting thing than being like hey why are you playing with gray plastic um also one thing that i'm sure a lot of a lot of people listening to this might be like well i am straight white man how do i uh display that i am willing to be inclusive one of the easiest things that you can do is when introducing yourself to your opponent. Just be like, hi, I am default name straight white man, and I use he, him pronouns. That will immediately let anybody who doesn't, like, conform to the gender binary immediately know that you're at least going to try with their pronouns, and right. if they are in a space where they're comfortable giving those because not everybody is out in public all the time or feels safe to be able to do so but those that do will be able to do so and like they get the message that you are an inclusive person and are probably not going to be a dick to them that's just something i watch that anyone uh, can i do. watch a lot of speed runs on on youtube and uh, that's something that i've noticed that gdq has started doing is they've started putting like all of the runners pronouns next to their names on the screen well i think you know, because even if you feel like it's pretty obvious, you know, in telling someone that this is what the thing is, like like you said, may, lets them know that you're not going to be weird about what whatever their pronouns are or whatever. Uh, I'm not sure why anyone's sexuality would come into play in a game, but that you're not going to be weird about that too. You know what I mean? Like. Uh, yeah. Unless you're operating models with your genitals, I don't think it matters. So, yeah. well, maybe but in like, I, maybe I in care. like a just roll the dice. Just roll. The maybe dice. in a D and D situation, if you want, if someone wants What's their, their Army? player character. Gross! To gross! Be. Stop, Jeremy. <laughs> but like in, in a D and D or a, a role play game situation, if you're doing that at a local store, that can help. If you're at least know that like if you come with a, a player character who is not straight, then maybe you will have a romance option that the DM gives you, or you will be comfortable expressing that in some way. I don't think it's important for war games, like you said, but there are people who play a lot of tabletop games that don't center around killing each other. I realize that I don't now. understand. You're not just murder hobos? What, what yeah. game, games where you Games where you don't game kill? Game without yeah. murder. What? Game without murder. This, this is a this is a strange and foreign concept. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm gonna have to start gatekeeping uh, some stuff now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I think us very reasonable group of three people don't really have an issue. I think with gatekeeping, and this is not to say that Jeremy of the past would have been as good at it. Um, 
and I it it takes and even Jeremy of the present screws up on the regular um, but I think that I keep trying to make an effort and I keep wanting to to do those things and I think someone can tell the difference between someone who's legitimately making an effort to broaden their 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 perspective than somebody who's like get fucked as as eloquent as always i think uh, i think we could probably leave it there you want to leave you want to leave you want to end the podcast on get fucked that's, yep, that that's is the, the final, final note that is the final word no! <laughs> i would like to point out that on apple uh our podcast is labeled as explicit Specifically because of me. It yeah, because is you entirely said hate fucked Jeremy's last time. Fault. <laughs> <laughs> you Listen. specifically said hate fucked. Like, that is the phrase that got you marked as explicit, which I've said twice now. But yeah, Jeremy, nice. that's a little nice. explicit. Now, now I'm going to have to mark explicit. this one as explicit, too. Come on, guys. <laughs> I just explicit you know, from like the first five minutes. Yeah, we we've said that we've <laughs> dropped mean, a lot of f bombs. We're Don't all potty mouths here. Curse words. Don't we, we also talked about Mister Blobby's dick. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh this podcast is devolving There's already. There's like a I million can, can British people it. who are gonna kill us now because I don't even really understand. <laughs> I just was making a nurgle. But see, this is why it's okay. We can't understand what any of them are saying anyway. <laughs> oh God. Oh no, don't make it worse, Jeremy. <laughs> don't make it worse. I think the only thing I'll say is that if you the last thing I'll say is if you screw up, apologize, move on, you know? Don't don't make it yeah. a weird thing. That's it. Nobody's perfect and everyone's learning. So you kind of have to just kind of do your best and keep going. The the hardest thing in the world is admitting that you personally are wrong. And fortunately, I never have to do that because I'm always right. Yeah, but, it turns you know, out some people do. So Yeah. and that's our show we hope you've enjoyed listening if you want to experience more of our collective genius we can be found around the internet jeremy where can people go to see your hobby work uh i am ghost bear paints on instagram um it's all superheroes um i'll just disappoint you now and fiverr where can people go to see your hobby work um they can go to my youtube channel which is sugar candy miniatures uh or my instagram which is also sugar candy miniatures. Uh, Shocking. Yeah, yeah. I, I the brand the brand is strong. Very strong. Yeah. So for uniquely painted food themed miniatures and cats, definitely go check out Fiverr's stuff. What about you, Destro? It's very oh, yeah. cool. I'm completely unbiased. Yeah. Where can we find you, Destro? Where are you? I am at YouTube.com/slash/RealmOfTheLichKing. Lich spelled L-I-C-H-E, and also on Instagram at DestroTheLichKing with Lich spelled the same way. This has been Grognard's Yellow Cloud, and until next time, just remember, we're perfect. It's the children who are wrong. Yeah! Yeah! The stream-